Welcome to the Joy of Aquatics. This is our final episode in our self-care series. Now it is a little sad that we are at the end of such a wonderful topic, but we have covered the value of mentors, skin, hair, voice, and today we are speaking with Jolene Sturgis about oral and dental health. Now she is fresh from the World Hygiene Conference and this lady is pretty passionate about her field. Jolene, how are you this morning? I'm great, thanks. How are you, Joy? I'm well, thank you. I'm very excited to be speaking with you. Um, I think there's a lot of misconception out there in our industry and I'm hoping you can clarify some of that for us. So, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Jolene, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yep, so um, I'm a dental hygienist. I trained in Adelaide at Gillies Plains campus. Um, I, like you said, I work at Capricornia Dental Center. Um, prior to doing dental hygiene, I was a dental assistant at that practice for a number of years. So, um, I've been in dentistry ever since I left school, basically. So, um, yeah, I, I help try and help people on a daily basis with their, um, oral health. I am very strongly based in preventative measures. So looking at um, preventing gum disease, dental decay, um, and, and that, that sort of thing. Fantastic. Thank you. Now, I know you are amazing at what you do because you are my dental hygienist. And <laughs> Thanks, I've, been, <laughs> I've been seeing you for a little while now. And for all the other teachers out there listening, I've actually taught Jolene's daughter um, some swimming lessons when our swim school was still open. So, um, it, it was amazing. Joy was absolutely amazing. It was a sad day when it closed. That's for sure. It was. It was. It was a, a quite a big heartbreak to let that to let that go. But it does mean I get to do things like this now, which is awesome. So all of these amazing people that I have met within our industry, I now get to connect with um, the rest of our industry, which is fantastic. So. Uh, Jolene, what do we need to know about our teeth and the structure of our teeth and oral hygiene before we even jump into any of the how the pool affects us? What do we need to know? Um, so just with some basics of um, the oral cavity. So obviously the oral cavity is the opening to the rest of our body. So it's really important to keep our mouth connected to our whole body. So it's very easy to disconnect the effects of the what's going on in the mouth that what that has on the whole body um specifically with the teeth point of view um our teeth are a bit like pumpkins they have different layers within the tooth so you have the hard enamel which is like the hard pumpkin skin um then that goes deeper into the next layer of the tooth which is like the softer um fleshier part of the pumpkin which is known as the dentine and then housed within the center of the tooth or like the seeds in a pumpkin is the nerve or what we call the pulp of the tooth so that's the basic crown of the tooth um as we extend down the root of the tooth um the enamel actually is not existent on the root of the um, the tooth. It has what's called cementum, uh, which is a, a lot softer and then straight onto the dentine and then again housed in the centre of that is the nerve. The teeth are then held within the um, jawbone um, within a socket, which is 
um, bone, alveolar bone, which is a spongier bone, which is a different type of bone to the actual um, jawbone, and that's attached into that socket with ligaments. So there's a, a few different layers of the teeth. We also have um, the mucosa in the mouth, which is epithelial skin cells, um, which is why there's, there's quite a, turn, a high turnover rate for those cells. So that's why if you get an ulcer or you bite the lip of your cheek or something like that, it, it doesn't take long for that to resolve. It's, it's very sore at the time, but it's a quick turnover of cells. So it repairs quite quickly. Okay. All right. So that, that's a lot of information. Um, so <laughs> with, the, with the enamel, so the enamel coats every part of the tooth that's exposed. Is that right? Correct. So every part of, well, correct to the point of view, if you have dental recession, then you are going to have parts of the root surface exposed and there's no denting, uh, there's, sorry, there's no enamel on those surfaces. But in a healthy situation where the, the gum is sitting at the correct level, then yes, the crown of the tooth and what's sitting above what we know as our teeth has is the only surface of the teeth that have the enamel. That's right. Okay. So how can we, I guess, protect our enamel? Um, so the the biggest thing that affects our enamel is um, the the oral environment pH. So that's a, a really important factor um, to discuss. So um, the neutral uh, ideal neutral position is seven a pH of seven. So depending on what the pH of the oral environment is will dictate how well or how healthy our enamel will be. So what what we're constantly doing on an everyday basis is our saliva is trying to buffer acids that we have in our mouth and keep that pH at that neutral position. So what we're when we have um, anything to eat or drink, depending on what it is, dictates the how low that pH will go. But there's a change in that pH. So what then our saliva is doing is buffering that acid and trying to bring that pH back up. Okay. If our saliva isn't working well mm -hmm. or um, it, that, that oral environment stays too acidic, then that's when you're going to have problems with enamel and that's when our enamel get weak, gets weak because we're not getting that pH back to a neutral position. So that's what we call demineralization. So there's a constant battle of remineralization and demineralization and you want to keep it like a seesaw. You want to keep that seesaw both ends off the ground. When it goes tilts to one way where we're getting more demineralization, that's what leads to decay. Okay. All right, so if I go out and have a meal of, um, let's say I'm going to put away a, a whole block of dark chocolate and, and a can of Coke, that's not going to be very good for my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely not going to be ideal. So um, carbonated drinks in particular, like you said, the can of Coke. So obviously people know sugar is bad for their teeth, um, yeah. but, but a lot of it is the acidity. So sugars um, and carbohydrates get consumed by bacteria that get that are sitting on our teeth, and the byproduct of that of them consuming those sugars and carbohydrates is acid. So that's how the sugar and um, carbohydrates component works. Because as a byproduct, the bacteria is producing acid. That acid dissolves the teeth. Where when you're talking carbonated drinks, it's direct 
like it is direct lowering of that pH, is direct acid exposure. So it's a bit like if you know you poured battery acid onto a concrete surface, it's going to strip that, you know, that grime and that surface is going to open that surface wide up. Is that the same with soda water? If you've taken all the sugar out, is that the same with soda yes. water and mineral water? It's the same. Yes. Yeah. If so it's carbonated, the pH is much lower than okay. standard water. And that is a very common misconception. And people putting lemon in soda water, again, you've got the carbonation of the drink, but then you also have the acidity of the lemon juice. So it, people think that it, you know, it would be a good thing for their teeth, but in actual fact, it can be quite quite um, devastating to that enamel surface. It's still just as bad. Okay. Yeah. So when we're in the pool, the pH of the pool should be between about 7.4 and 7.8. I know I start yeah. to get itchy when the when the pH is at 7.8. So that yeah. pool water might actually help us balance out the pH issue? <laughs> In in one mind you can you can view it like that, um, but in another, if the pH is too high, that can create an, another problem um, for the teeth themselves. This problem it, um, it it can create staining. So this is a problem that is um, more cosmetic, and is if you visit your dental hygienist, they're able to remove that stain fairly fairly quickly and efficiently for you without damaging the enamel. It's a a stain that's on the surface of the enamel, so it's not actually getting changing the colour within the enamel or getting sucked into the tooth or anything like that. So it's a superficial surface stain. So the problems with a higher pH, yes, there is still it's going to affect your your oral health and, and your teeth, but to a much lesser degree than if the pH of the water was more acidic. Okay. So. Yeah, does that make sense? So there, there's still problem problems, but I'd I'd much prefer to have staining as a problem, which is reversible, rather than having the dental decay, which is irreversible, and that enamel structure is going to be directly affected by a lower pH water. So yeah. that uh, it is really important if you are swimming regularly that the pool pH is at an o- optimal level. Um, and like yeah, like you said, you you want to be in that seven point four to seven point eight range. But if the if the pH is is above that, what actually happens is the um, salivary proteins break down, and which forms an organic deposit on the enamel of the teeth. And that organic deposit is what we see as the brain the brown or black staining, or it can be yellow um, staining on the but again this is a surface stain it's superficial if you visit your dental hygienist or dentist they'll be able to remove that quite efficiently yeah and you guys have done a fantastic job with my teeth and I still get compliments on how white my teeth are so yeah your teeth are beautiful and white they do look gorgeous yeah yeah no you guys have really helped me with that one but I'm certainly going to be heading off to conferences now and looking at people's teeth and and going wow that's you know that could potentially be from the pool as as well as yeah. many other things i'm sure so a lot of the research i have looked up has suggested that it's more it more the, the staining component more affects professional swimmers or um, people that spend more than six hours per week in the pool but when you really think about that six hours per week 
isn't a professional level. You know, my daughter, when she's, you know, 10, I can imagine her spending six hours a week in a pool. So realistically, it's not that much if they're going for a swim every afternoon in, in a backyard pool, even for an hour or so, you're going to accumulate that six hours a week quite quickly. So a lot of swimming teachers will do that in a day. Exactly, exactly. So, and that's what a lot of the research has been based on is that six hours per week. And that's what I mean, realistically, the stain is going to be quite evident in the majority of the population that enjoys to swim and are swimming above that. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's really good to know that that's just a superficial thing um, and we can reverse it. That's, that's pretty good. What about the rest of our oral hygiene? Because I know some swimming teachers like to get in the pool with chewing gum and I personally don't like it. But, you know, I understand we are working in close quarters with people and right up by their face sometimes and you do get, you know, quite close and personal. So if people are having yeah. issues with bad breath and then chewing gum in the pool, I don't know, do you have any, anything to say around that type of stuff? Well, I probably, I, I don't think it's a good idea probably to have the chewing gum in the pool in the sense of a health and safety choking hazard. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's probably not very, it wouldn't be very professional for me to recommend having chewing gum in the water. Um, but from, if I was to just strictly think dental and not obviously the choking hazard, which is much more severe than the dental relation that I'm going to discuss, but the chewing gum does help to stimulate saliva. So saliva plays a massive role in keeping our oral health, our mouth healthy. And it does that through, again, um, neutralizing that acid and keeping the pH at the right level. So what um, what is happening is by chewing that gum, you're stim- stimulating saliva production. So that means that you're going to be washing your mouth out naturally. It's going to be removing any debris that's accumulated and it's going to be neutralizing that acid as well. So if you're in a pool where we discussed if the pH of the water was too high, but if you're in a pool where the pH is too low, that's when it gets very, it becomes a big issue because you're going to have issues with demineralization, you're going to have issues with decay, and you're going to have issues with dental erosion. So as a preventative, yes, I can see how the chewing gum from those point of view, and like you said, it will be a a topical improvement for um, oral odor, but it's definitely not going to permanently improve the odor and the odor can be coming from a number of things not just um pool water specifically but it would help to improve the ph of your mouth but again given the choking hazard it just would it wouldn't be advisable to do that you would better be better off trying to combat that ph once you get out of the pool and there's strategies that you can do to to do that Okay, so what can we do when we get out of the pool then? So, um, again, so what you want to do is make sure that you're neutralizing that pH, making sure you're not dehydrated. So if you are in the pool for prolonged periods of time, it's very easy to get dehydrated. So that's something where it is really important to have a bottle of water beside the pool um, and be sipping your water throughout your classes. Um, Stay very well hydrated because that is one of the most important things. If you're dehydrated, your mouth is going to be dry and that's when you're going to have problems with 
um, a lot of things. That can also cause halitosis or bad breath. If you have a dry mouth, then the the odor and the mouth is a lot drier, so that odor can become um, more prominent. So just simply being, being dehydrated can affect the odor as well. So drinking a lot of water, staying away from your Gatorades and, and, you know, those really energy sort of drinks that are, are high in sugar and the pH of them are quite low and drinking plenty of water. The other thing is um, you can rinse your mouth out with a bicarbonate mouthwash after, but then this is where it gets complicated because you're not, you wouldn't, unless you're testing the water, you don't know if you're going to have an issue with the staining and the water being a higher pH or if the water is more acidic and be a lower pH. If you know for a fact this pool could be quite acidic at times, well, then I would be more inclined to be on the safer side and having that bicarbonate mouth rinse once you hop out. Um, otherwise, your de- local dental practice um, can. Um, supply you with a calcium phosphate product, which is tooth mousse. Um, you would want to go the plain tooth mousse, which isn't fluoridated because depending on your, unless your oral health professional has recommended you to have fluoride, you shouldn't be exceeding your levels of fluoride. So that is very debatable. But the plain tooth mousse is just a calcium and phosphate product and it will neutralize acid and it will also place mineral back into the teeth and it will have no effect even if the water is too alkaline and the pH is higher, it will have no effect on the stain. So it is a great all-round product to keep in your bag and between sessions, just be rubbing a pea-sized amount, or put it on your finger, rub it on your teeth, work it around. And because there's no fluoride content, you can apply that um, numerous times through the day. You can swallow it. There's not going to be any harm in that as long as it's the one, the tooth mousse product without the fluoride. Oh, I'm going to go. Sorry, that was a lot of information. No, no. Sorry, that was a lot of information. That that was great, though. But I'm going to go and check which tooth mousse you've given me. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's yeah, and that's where where it becomes difficult. Say, say if it was someone. Let's just use you as an example. Um, Let's say you're a patient of mine and you have quite a lot of dental decay. Well, then I may have recommended you a high fluoridated toothpaste or or a fluoridated tooth mousse to use, and that's fine if you're under my guidance but at the same time even if that was the case if you're applying wanting to apply this product up to six times a day well then that even for you would be too much so you would still need an addition you would still need the plane for your um between class application yeah okay that also will help with erosion as well as the dental decay this is really really interesting there's so much more to this than than I think a lot of swimming teachers are aware I've always had the feeling that the pool water is just sort of eroding my teeth out of my mouth and that's not necessarily the case at all it it can be the case if the pH of the water is too acidic, don't get me wrong, it yeah. can cause erosion but the stain is a completely separate energy to that so it's important that you don't get confused that you know yes you need to be seeing a dental profession and making sure that um professional sorry and making sure that there isn't any erosion or dental decay happening because again these conditions are irreversible and they can be associated with the um the pearl water but more 
So it's the brown, yellow, black staining on the teeth, which again is completely superficial. It's reversible mm-hmm. and it's got nothing to do with the porosity of the teeth at all. Yeah, okay. But no, I, I do remember one particular day, we'd literally just got in, we swam one, two laps, and everyone stood up and just went, are your teeth sticky? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I have no idea what was going on with the pool that day, but it was just really weird. When you when you are swimming as a um, like as an athlete, like you were, it it definitely it's important to understand how the saliva does play a part because it's easy to sort of just blame the water, but the biggest problem with professional or even just um, you know, sport, sporting in general is dehydration. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. Like when you're in the water for two hours and you're going at it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a big thing because there are times when you're like, I don't want to drink because if I drink, yeah. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> I remember yeah. those sessions. Um, and coming from a complete non-swimmer, I know when I am in the pool because I'm in a pool full of water. I don't so much think that I'm sweating as much or, you know, I'm as exhausted, like as hot as I would if I was, say, training at a gym. So the desire to drink water is much less. Yes, definitely, definitely is. But anyway, um, Jolene, (laughs) thank you. Is there anything else we should know? Obviously, just reinforce good oral hygiene. So, the less bacteria you have in the mouth, the better. So doing your brushing twice a day, flossing every night, um, staying well hydrated, using a remineralizing a- agent and seeing your dentist or dental hygienist regularly. They are going to be, you know, the necessary requirements to keep a healthy mouth. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much okay. for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Joy. Thank you. I cannot stress enough that this wonderful woman is amazing and so amazing at her job. She has me in her hot seat more than I'd like, but I know that it is good for me. Years of swimming, having babies and neglecting myself is what has landed me there. Now, Jolene and the team down at Capricornia Dental Center in Bursica Street in Rockhampton, for all you Rocky people out there, these guys are amazing. Now, Matthew Littleton is the dentist And he's been sorting me out, um, making sure that I've got my oral and dental hygiene right where it should be. And I'm starting to see the connection between the mouth and the rest of the body. Now, the way the teeth are set, the way your tongue works and how it can even connect to your bladder through the muscular system. If you've got a tight jaw and neck, it can affect the way you breathe, which affects your diaphragm. And we know that the diaphragm and the pelvic floor work together and it does create a connection, a muscular connection all the way down to your bladder and can affect your bladder function. So that is a whole other topic with the physio, but I'm not going to go into that. But the whole idea teaches, the whole idea of this whole self-care series was to start looking after yourself so you can keep looking after other people in the pool. I don't want our industry to lose any more teachers for any of these reasons. We need all the amazing teachers that we can get. And I truly believe that when we can support each other with this type of stuff, we are going to be a stronger industry. 
So with all of that said, keep taking care of you, keep loving your job and keep happy swimming. Next time, I will be interviewing Natalie Livingston from California who investigates drownings. Thank you for joining me in the joy of aquatics. Happy swimming.